Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lentz, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people. Learn more about the live stream 633 event, the daily devotional, and the podcast when you visit walkintruth.com. Now, here's Pastor Michael in part three of his message called Repentance and Restoration. Do you have, verse 9, Job 40, an arm like God? His arm captures his strength in judgment and salvation. Can you thunder with a voice like his? What would you need to add to your portfolio to run the universe, my friend? Can you save yourself? Can you save the world? Do you have an arm like God? Do you have a voice like God, which is compared to thunder? Are you able to discern what's going on in the world? Can you tell the difference between the righteous and the unrighteous? Can you separate the wheat from the chaff? How, how good are your skills with knowing being a good judge of character? Can you see through every plot, understand every scheme? Do you know every heart? Jeremiah 17 says, the heart is deceitfully above, wicked above all things who can understand it. Do you know that the disciples didn't even know that Judas was the betrayer? At the Last Supper, during the Upper Room Discourse in John 13, check it out later, verses 21 and 22, they say, Lord, is it me? Is it me? They didn't even know that Judas was a phony. And Jesus said he was a devil from the beginning. See, we don't have even those discernment skills, let alone the power, even an ounce of the power it would take to run this universe, which we haven't even begun to tap into how big it is. Behold, Isaiah 40, 10 through 15, write it down. The Lord God will come with might, with his arm ruling for him. Behold, his reward is with him and his recompense before him. Isaiah 40, 11. Like a shepherd, he will tend his flock. In his arm, he will gather the lambs and carry them in his bosom. He will gently lead the nursing ewes. Who has measured the waters in the hollow of his hand, marked off the heavens by the span, calculated the dust of the earth by the measure, weighed the mountains in a balance and the hills in a pair of scales? Who has directed the spirit of the Lord or as his counselor, who informed him with whom did he consult when he gave, uh, who gave him understanding? Who taught him in the path of justice, taught him knowledge and informed him of the way of understanding? Behold, the nations are like a drop from the bucket from a bucket, and as regarded as a speck of dust on the scales. Behold, he lifts up the islands like fine dust. God's arm speaks of his saving power. Thunder speaks of his voice. Revelation 4, 5, Revelation 19, 6. In Isaiah 59, 1, God says, Surely the arm of the Lord is not too short to save, nor is his ear too dull to hear, but your iniquities have separated you from your God. Your sins have hidden his face from you so that he will not hear. Isaiah 59, 1 and 2. Down in that section, Isaiah 59 and verse 4, it says, no one calls for justice. No one pleads his case with integrity. They rely on empty arguments and speak lies. They conceive trouble and give birth to evil. They hatch the eggs of vipers and spin the spider's web. Whoever eats their eggs will die. And one, when one is broken, an adder is hatched. Their cobwebs are useless for clothing. They cannot cover themselves in what they make. Their deeds are evil deeds and acts of violence with their hands. Their feet rush into sin. They are swift to shed innocent blood. Their thoughts are evil. I could go on, but here's the point. God says, my arm is plenty long to save you, plenty powerful. My voice, plenty powerful to get across to you, but would you open your ears and stop 
doing what you're doing so that I can save you? Would you turn to me and be saved? Again, not easy things, but truth. Down at the end of Isaiah 59, uh, this is verse 15. It says, truth is nowhere to be found and whoever shuns evil becomes a prey. The Lord looked and was displeased that there was no justice. 59, 16 of Isaiah. He saw that there was no one. He was appalled that there was no one to intervene. So his own arm worked salvation for him. His own righteousness sustained him. He put on righteousness as his breastplate and the helmet of salvation on his head. He put on the garments of vengeance and wrapped himself in zeal as in a cloak. That was from the NIV. And now God says to Job, okay, Job, if you want to be the judge, well, why don't you go ahead in verse 10, uh, Job 40, and adorn yourself with eminence and dignity, glory and splendor, say the NIV, Clothe yourself with honor and majesty. Essentially, God says, why don't you don my royal robes and go ahead and sit on my throne, if you will, and begin to judge the world. Could you adorn yourself with glory and splendor? These are heaped up in the Hebrew. They have the idea of magnificence, ornament, and splendor. It says in Psalm 93, verse 1, the Lord reigns, he is clothed with majesty. The Lord has clothed and girded himself with strength. Indeed, the world is firmly established, it will not be moved. Psalm 96, 6 says, splendor and majesty are before him. Strength and beauty are in his sanctuary. As one writer put it, it's not too difficult, surely, to run the world better than I have been doing. After all, I seem to be having been uh, making rather a mess of it. I'm so glad that you're here to help. Job. You know, one of the oldest lies in the book is that Satan in Genesis 3 saying, in the day that you eat of it, your eyes will be open and you will be as gods, knowing good and evil. Write down Isaiah 14 verses 12 through 15, where Satan wants to exalt himself above the throne or the stars of God. This is the age old lie. We could do a better job. We could run the universe. And of course, it's even more magnified when we're struggling when we have questions about God, because here's at the core of what we're asking is, Lord, are you good? Lord, can you be trusted? Lord, can I trust you? And friend, I want you to know that this God that we're talking about is the same one that came down and was born as a baby on that Bethlehem night. It's the same one that rode into Jerusalem as we will celebrate this coming Sunday on Palm Sunday as the king of the ultimate kingdom. It's the same God who wrote your name in his book of life if you're a Christian. It's the same one who died in your place. So God says to Job, well, if you could don my royal robes, then why don't you pour out the overflowings of your anger? Disperse the rage of your wrath, new King James. Unleash the fury of your wrath, NIV. Look on everyone who is proud and make him low. Look on everyone, verse 12, who is proud and humble him. Tread down the wicked where they stand. Crush them where they stand. Can you discern who is and who isn't? Who's good and who's not? Could you hide them in the dust together? Bind them in the hidden place after you judge them? If you could do all this, then I will confess to you, says God to Job, that your own right hand, remember that idea of strength and salvation, can save you. Can you be your own savior? Remember how in times past, Israel would cry out to their idols and their idols couldn't save them and Right now, we need to cry out to a God, the God who can save us, the only true God. He's the only one who has the power to save. And I'm talking about not just right now. I'm not talking about the temporal. I'm talking about the eternal. 
You see, we all have a deadly virus. It's called the SIN virus. It's the sin virus. It's 100% deadly 100% of the time. And God came down in his own right hand, if you will, in the person of Christ to save us. But he's also going to deal out retribution to those who don't know his son and who don't obey the gospel. This is just the truth of scripture. And he says to Job, well, could you deal out uh, judgment and retribution with precision? Would you know the difference between the proud and the humble? How would you really know it? You see, could you set everything in the proper judgment? Can you do the work that only I can do? Do you know the heart? And of course, all the answers are no, 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 Lord, I can't do that. I can't do that. Only God can do it. And only God can do it righteously. You see, Job thinks, well, maybe in his struggle, maybe God needs some help. No, he doesn't need any help at all. (laughs) We need him to help us. He doesn't need us to help him. And here's where we need to lean into him and realize that God is good. God allowed his own son to suffer. And God's message to us is, turn to me and be saved. Whatever the reason for the current hardship, the world has known many, many hardships, many difficult and trying times. And in each and every instance, they've been opportunities to bring us to God. And I will say, I was around on 9-11 in 2001 when our nation suffered that terrible tragedy with the Twin Towers and all that went with that tragedy. And I did watch prayer meetings spike in attendance and I did watch church attendance swell. But within a matter of weeks or months, everybody went back to their normal lives. And here's my question for you and it's for me as well. Is when this is in our rearview mirror by God's grace, will we do business as usual? Or will we say, Lord, no, this is going to be a turning point in my walk. I'm still going to be human. I'm still going to have my frailties and struggles, but I am going to walk with you. Now, in verses 15 through 24, God holds up behemoth as a word picture to uh, get across his point about this world of dark powers and that which is untamable for man is, of, of course, tameable to God. And one of the big points of behemoth and Leviathan that God puts before Job, although they are debated, and I'll tell you what I think behemoth and Leviathan are, although what they are in the end isn't the biggest point, is they represent dark, untamable powers that man can't tame, but God can. And the, and the question at the root of this, remember there's answers within the questions and in the metaphors is, Lord, there are things that look so dark and so powerful and, and things that I can't deal with. Can you deal with them? Like the dark powers of evil. Satan, sin, and death? And the answer is emphatically yes. Jesus has already defeated Satan, sin, Satan, and death at the cross. He made an open spectacle of principalities and powers triumphing over them by the cross. He's already defeated the enemy. It's just a matter of time when it's all going to be realized. And he says, behold, now look, Job, behemoth. This is a word for a farm animal, but it's uh, probably a plural of majesty in the original language. And some believe it conveys a super beast, which I made as well as uh, I made along with you. He eats grass like an ox. Now, what is behemoth? Well, we're supposed to behold him. Job is, look, consider. The word of God says, I made him just as I made you. 
think it'd be a good time to pause and just say the Lord made us. Amen. He is our creator. He made everything in the world, all that is in the world, all the plants and animals and people in it are his. He is our maker, Psalm 95, verse 6. God says through the psalmist, you are fearfully and wonderfully made. Amen. You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. This Sunday, we will be doing another 633 event. This time, it's live-streamed on our Living Truth YouTube channel. This event is focused on navigating the times, and you're invited to watch and participate. Pastor Michael Lance, Mike Massaro, and Director of the Truth Academy, Joe Kelly, will talk about this crazy time we're living in and how we as Christians can make a positive difference and find hope. And you will be able to ask questions anonymously in real time from the comfort of your home. If you couldn't attend our 633 events in the past, now you can. Remember, the 633 event, Navigating the Times, is this Sunday at 633 in the evening. Make sure you visit walkintruth.com and click on church to find our YouTube channel. That's walkintruth.com. Click on church. Make sure you subscribe to the Walk in Truth podcast, available on your favorite podcast app. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walk in Truth. And the question at the root of this, remember there's answers within the questions and in the metaphors is, Lord, there are things that look so dark and so powerful and, and things that I can't deal with. Can you deal with them like the dark powers of evil, Satan, sin, and death? And the answer is emphatically yes. Jesus has already defeated Satan, sin, Satan, and death at the cross. He made an open spectacle of principalities and powers triumphing over them by the cross. He's already defeated the enemy. It's just a matter of time when it's all going to be realized. And he says, behold, now look, Job, behemoth. This is a word for a farm animal, but it's uh, probably a plural of majesty in the original language. And some believe it conveys a super beast, which I made as well as uh, uh, I made along with you. He eats grass like an ox. Now, what is behemoth? Well, we're supposed to behold him. Job is, look, consider. The word of God says, I made him just as I made you. I think it'd be a good time to pause and just say the Lord made us, Amen. <laughs> He is our creator. He made everything in the world, all that is in the world, all the plants and animals and people in it are his. He is our maker, Psalm 95, verse 6. God says through the psalmist, you are fearfully and wonderfully made. Amen? And I'm not sure if we've sent this picture up there yet, but I want to show you a picture of what behemoth might be because there are those who believe that behemoth is some form of a dinosaur. There's been some major uh, debates, and some say that these creatures, Behemoth and Leviathan, are mythical, almost storybook figures, almost like Lord of the Rings kind of uh, uh, monsters. But others have said, no, the descriptions are too plain and earthly to be that. And so some people struggle with, could it be a dinosaur? Because they think maybe the earth is old and the dinosaurs were well extinct before man. So how could Job know what a Behemoth was? But the evidence is that Dinosaurs and man lived together. God made them, made man and animals on the same day. And there's some pretty good evidence for this, folks. And so I would say to you that it's quite possible, and again, this isn't the main point, but that behemoth is an extinct dinosaur. Notice the description of him. Behold, 
Now his strength is in his loins, his power in the muscles of his belly. He had a 12-pack. Not a six-pack, but a 12-pack. I thought you might need some humor right there. Anyway. He bends his tail like a cedar. The sinews of his thighs are knit together. Now, some of the older Bibles, NIV, uh, not that they're old, but NASB, OJB, the uh, older Bibles, such as the Geneva Bible, thought that Behemoth was an elephant. But if you've ever seen the tail of an elephant, it's a tiny little tail. But this Behemoth has the tail like a cedar tree. It speaks of something that is uh, powerful and long, not the tail of an elephant. Uh, some others have said, uh, is, it, is it a hippopotamus? Is it an elephant? But I don't think so. He has the tail like a cedar. It, it is powerful. His bones are tubes of bronze. His limbs are like bars of iron. He is the first of the ways of God. This Hebrew word, reshith, means first in place, time, or rank. So some believe that he was the crown of the animal creation. God has mastery over him, as we see. He is the first of the ways of God. Let his maker bring near his sword. Only God could really deal with him. That's how big and intimidating he is. God has mastery over him. But he being the first of the ways of God may mean that he was the master of the animals and died out at some point in our own history. Surely the mountains bring him food. All the beasts of the field play there. This may speak of that they are there under his protection or the lordship of Behemoth. Was he the king of the wild animals? Well, the underlying message again is that God is the only one who can put him on a leash. The only one who could keep evil on a leash. Under the lotus plants, he lies down. Notice 21. In the covert of the reeds and the marsh, 22. The lotus plants cover him with shade. The willows of the brook surround him. If a river rages, he is not alarmed. He is confident. Though the Jordan rushes to his mouth, can anyone capture him when he is on watch? The answer is no. With barbs, can anyone pierce his nose? It's a dangerous thing to try to deal with Behemoth, to try to capture him or put a leash around him. And that's how Job feels about his life. That's how he feels about evil. Will this ever end? Will there ever be a leash on this? This is what we're asking in our own day. Can anybody stop evil in its tracks and deal with it with a sword, if you will? And the answer is yes. The answer is God. God can deal with our biggest problems. Hartley in his commentary says, realistic detailed descriptions keep the portrait of Behemoth and Leviathan from becoming purely mythical. Nevertheless, into the factual description, the author skillfully blends fanciful metaphor drawn from mythic accounts of monsters in order that these beasts may represent both mighty terrestrial creatures and cosmic forces. Like Satan, he goes on to say, these creatures, Behemoth and Leviathan, are totally subservient to Yahweh. This is the ancient way of affirming that Yahweh is the master of whatever force lies behind Job's ordeal. Isn't that the ultimate question that we're asking? It, whether it's this time or our own personal crisis, or even when we have to say, see you later to a loved one. Is there a heaven? Is there a power that can overcome what seems so untamable, seems so out of control, seems so unpredictable? And the emphatic answers, answer, brothers and sisters, is yes. There is a power greater than all the other powers. Satan, anything dark that you could ever imagine, demons, life, death, height, you name it, Romans 8. 
Nothing will ever separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. See, the real question is, what is the message behind Behemoth and Leviathan? We'll study Leviathan next time. That powers that appear so intimidating, so evil, powers that vex us and hurt us, can they be stopped? Can they be put on a leash? Yes, they have. Yes, they will. And get this. God's power to defeat these dark powers, these monsters, these beasts, if you will, were manifested on a death instrument. The way that God overcame the darkness is through the light of his son, Jesus Christ. And this is the answer to all that ails us. And if you're not a Christian, this is what can solve your ultimate problems, the ultimate virus, which is the SIN virus. Jesus went to the cross He suffered for you, the righteous for the unrighteous, to bring us to God. And I conclude with the words of Paul. For the word of the cross, 1 Corinthians 1, 18 and 19, is to those who are perishing foolishness. But to us who are being saved, that word of the cross is the power of God. And he says, it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and the cleverness of the clever. I will set aside Jesus Christ conquers sin and death, the power above all powers. All hail the name of Jesus. King of kings, Lord of lords, the answer to all that ails us. And he did it through a cross on a dark afternoon where Jesus took our sin debt and paid our ransom and sets us free. If you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, it's time to make him your Savior, your Lord, and your King. If you've been running from him, it's time to come home. It's time to turn from your sin and turn to the living God. Something this simple, you can pray it with your eyes open. Lord Jesus, be my king. Thank you for dying on that cross for my sins. Thank you for rising to defeat my mortal enemy, death. I trust you as my Lord and Savior. I turn from my sin and I turn to you. And I want to follow you all the days of my life. You know, he's so good. He's so quick to forgive and so ready to give us everything we need to follow him each day of our life and to look forward to that time when we will see him and we will face to face. You're listening to Repentance and Restoration Part 3 on Walk in Truth, Pastor Michael's teaching in Job chapter 40. Just a reminder to everyone that Walk in Truth is a listener-supported ministry. Now we know times are uncertain right now and we're not asking for much just five bucks. If you're a new listener, please don't give. We're blessed just to have you listening, and we hope that you're blessed as well. But if you've been listening for a while, can you give $5 today? We believe the Lord is faithful, and your $5 donation will go a long way to help us keep this ministry going. You can give your $5 donation when you visit walkintruth.com and click on donate. That's walkintruth.com. Click donate. Now here's Pastor Michael. One of the principles that comes through the end of the book of Job, like many other portions of the Bible, is that repentance precedes restoration. Think of the story of the prodigal son and think about how he walked away from his family, took his inheritance, dishonored his father, made a mess of things, and then decided, you know what? He came to his senses. I'm going to repent. And he was restored. Uh, This is the beauty of Luke 15, 
with that great story of the prodigal son that Jesus told. And this is the principle. When we repent, things get restored to us. And that's what's going to happen here at the end of the book of Job. And uh, there's uh, more to come on this great uh, book of the Bible that's often ignored or read only in times of crisis, but is an incredible story about redemption and even a picture of Christ in the book of Job. So keep listening, tell a friend about what you're hearing, and I'd love to invite you to our 633 event. We've been telling you about this this coming Sunday night on having peace in this pandemic and navigating this novel coronavirus. We are we all have our questions. There's so much going on. Uh, we're trying to find um, both peace and uh, resting in the Lord and also what's ahead of us and how do we navigate the times of what's ahead. Now, you can ask a question this coming Sunday night through our Living Truth Christian Fellowship app. Download it now if you haven't done it before in your app store. Look for the Living Truth logo, red logo with the pillars. Download it. It's in the app store, and you'll be prepared to ask a question for this coming Sunday night, which will be live streamed uh, 6.33 in the evening Pacific time this coming Sunday evening. So tell a friend, uh, be praying about that, and we'll see you here. Remember, you can check out everything you need when you go to walkintruth.com, including submitting prayer requests, letting us know how the program's been a blessing to you. All of that can be done at walkintruth.com. We'll catch you tomorrow, Lord willing, right here on the broadcast. Come back tomorrow for Pastor Michael's teaching in Job 41 called Repentance and Restoration 2. I'm Mike Massaro. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth. Our goal is to reach out with God's truth to encourage, teach, and bless you during a time of hardship.